Hi, everyone. Welcome back. This week, I have Peter with us. I'm very excited to go into conversation right now with him about his background and his business. So with that said, Peter, welcome to the show. Hi, Tony. How are you today? Really good. Thank you. I'm super excited to have you on the show. And let's just kick it off with a one word open. So what's that one word, Peter, that you could use right now to describe how you're feeling? Well, overall, I got to say excited. Uh, opportunities are huge in terms of what we're doing. So uh, there's so much to do. It's all about focus and getting things done now. Love the energy. Now let's take the next three to five minutes. If you could kind of give us a picture into your world, first off with your background as a person and also your business, what it's, you know, what, what you're all about, who you help, you know, how you started your aha moment. All that, all that good stuff in the three to five minutes. That would be great. I would just want the audience to really have a good perspective on, you know, who Peter is. Okay, so the background's a little unusual. Uh, both my parents are originally born and raised in Holland and received Fulbright scholarships to go study in the U.S. Uh, they came back to Europe, met, and immigrated to the U.S. And I was born in the U.S., so carried Dutch passport and a U.S. passport. And by the time I was three, we were back in Europe, and so I was raised in Europe but they offered me the opportunity to go study in the US. So I did undergraduate there and then spent two years working for an American company in Europe, working on figuring out distribution channels and selling to the multinational European components of their US clients. I then went to Georgetown for an MBA and landed at Honeywell's European head office, which is kind of the beginning of the journey from Collabogens, my company, where I had a boss in the mid, beginning of matrix management sort of said, well, give it to Peter. And so I ran projects, programs, and initiatives across the matrix. And as a 25-year-old who spoke a bunch of languages, didn't know where home was, I was always at the front of the room and never anybody's boss. So it was all about how do you get people to work together to attain a common objective? And um, that's kind of where the collaboration came in from a first beginning perspective. I then moved to Switzerland to a Swiss company, which is now a part of Siemens. And there I was hired as an entrepreneur. So hundred days into my arriving there, I walked into the executive committee and said, here's the business plan. We need $20 million and this is what we're going to do. And so that was a blast in terms of having development teams, sales teams, had to structure everything and get it off the ground. And then I got involved with a lot of complicated things like managing global accounts for the, for the larger company. And with that, I was married to a Canadian who then started with, I want to go home now. I want to go home now. So that's how I ended up in Canada and got involved in a early stage um, accelerator. So before there were accelerators around in 2003 um, set up an accelerator and then about five, five years ago, had the aha moment for collaborations, which was I saw three things happening in the enterprise environment, which was companies were trying to change their culture, how they work with each other. They were implementing new technology in terms of facilitating people and how they could work faster and better and more effectively. And then they were changing their office space. And they were moving from assigned desk environments to activity-based things. And so, so that's where we got developed the ideas and got started with the business. So from that perspective, it's all, I describe this as in, this is the race I'm running for which I was training all my life and I didn't know I was going to run. That's really awesome. 
And I know you mentioned that you guys, um, essentially you measure effectiveness of people and spaces. So, is that, is so that accurate? There's, there's been companies looking at people effectiveness or people mm-hmm. analytics, and there's been people mm-hmm. looking at the workplace. And we're kind of the first ones that are combining the two. So this morning we were talking to a, a large international consulting organization that we can actually, as people move back to the office, we can tell you whether or not your hybrid work strategy is being effective and everybody's been working from home. And my comment is everybody's personal networks have lost in strength. Um, There's less new connections being made. And I agree, people are being productive and effective from working from home. But there's now, as we return back to the office, there's an opportunity to create synergy. So how do we make one plus one plus one equal something greater than three? And we can actually provide you the tools that help you make the decisions around the strategy to make this happen. Awesome. Let's talk about recent wins. Can you share with us something that you encountered recently as a win that you're proud of and also your takeaway from it? That way the audience, when they're listening to this, they're going to have a good value takeaway from takeaway, so takeaway with. The big, the big win. So as I said, I, I was involved in an accelerator. So we were helping early stage companies and the general advice that I always gave was to companies, I said, go find significant clients, not the really big ones. Don't try and go land a whale because you don't, you're not ready. You're not equipped to do that. Right. So, and lo and behold, I start my own business, Collabagence. And the first customer we pulled on board was one of the big Canadian banks that had almost a hundred thousand employees. So that's gotta be by far the biggest win. So it really helped me underline or confirm that we were headed the right direction. And if we now look at the companies that we're dealing with, it's, there's, we're not, we're not working with companies under 10,000 employees. So we're all anywhere in between 10,000 and hundred thousand employees that we're talking to. And it's, and it's the value proposition is, is really compelling from both the effectiveness of the people and the spaces because behind employee salaries and benefits, the next biggest cost is, cost is real estate. So how do we right size the cost or the real estate footprint of, of our clients? Got it. Let's talk about failures. So what does failure mean to Peter? And what's a recent <laughs> failure? And also a takeaway from the, what, you know, what did you learn from the failure? Yeah, I, I always say you can fail, you can be depressed for the afternoon. Tomorrow's another day, you go on again, right? Otherwise you can't be an entrepreneur. So from the failure perspective is after we developed the concept of what we wanted to do, I said, improving collaborative performance, this is an HR thing. And I went and spoke at several HR conferences and I got all sorts of interest and all sorts of questions and it failed because the HR was not, or the people that we were talking to in HR didn't have the power to make the decision to affect the change or even access the data that we needed. So um, if, if, that, if we made a pivot, it was away from HR to workplace strategy and corporate real estate um, to get things done. And that's where there were real budgets, there were real deadlines and people had to make decisions because if you got a new building that was gonna be occupied July 1st, you had to decide and the money was big and we could show the ROI for them. I see. Great. Let's move on to the next thing. So here's a cool question. 
if Peter was sitting in front of his 21 year old self, you know, you're, you got 30 seconds or, you know, under a minute essentially, and you could give yourself some of word of words of wisdom. What would that be? Um, that was, Oh, so years ago, I actually saw it. And I think it was posted on Facebook someplace. Somebody put it up, which was, you need to be young and stupid before you can be old and wise. And I should have learned much more, much earlier. So I, I say now I'm still a vacuum of material. Um, I can't digest enough information. I'm looking for the connector from the matrix so you can upload the program so I can get more information into my head faster. Um, so I'd really say that, that that's a, a critical piece that I would have told the 21 year old is learn more. That's interesting. That's a really interesting perspective. I've never heard it that way. That's really great. Um, so what's that one question that you were hoping for me to ask? Or what's that one question that you love people asking you, but they never ask you? Early in my career, like really early on, I noticed that there were way too many people that were doing jobs that they hated. And so the question that I would want you to ask is, are you having fun? But I'm going to guess you've probably heard that from the tone of voice. And, and people ask me, it says like, are you, are you going to flip this company or what? And I say, no, there's the roadmap that we can go is way too exciting and too much fun. And it was interesting. A couple of years ago, I met a entrepreneur here in Toronto who had in the dot-com era sold his money for us, as he described a stupid amount of money. And then the crash came and three or four years later, he bought his business back pennies on the dollar. And he asked me that question. And I said, well, back to your experience, I would say if somebody offers me a stupid amount of money to buy the company, it would be really tough, but I'd have to do it because there's other things that I could go and do. But right now, the roadmap in terms of what can be done, is way too exciting and want to be part of that. Awesome. Can we talk about company culture for a second? Sure. Great. I would love to hear your perspective on um, when you're looking at an organization, you know, what would, you know, from the outside perspective, what's that one thing that when you look at a company, you go, they got a great culture because from the outside, uh, do you look at what would that, what, what is that indicator that says this company has a great culture? So it's interesting because, I look at it from our own company culture perspective and we're still under the 50 employees. So it's easy, right? You can know everybody, you can do everything. Um, you can be involved in all sorts of things and aware of everything that goes on. But part of our tool set, we can actually look at the culture. And because we pull data from all sorts of different things is uh, everybody complains about companies being siloed and that's people work within their silo. And everybody says, we need to get more cross silo work. We need to break down the barriers, break down the silos. And so we can actually help companies see where the problems are and help them develop strategies to break those down. So it's, it's openness, it's cross-functional, it's multi-level. Um, I, I worked in Europe for years early on in my career and hierarchy was such an obstacle, right? You couldn't go to your boss's boss. And I'm a believer that to be open and trusting, you got to have confidence, hire the right people and, and talk to whoever they need to and develop your network and, and let them 
let them roam and empower them. And too many companies don't do that. Excellent. Let's talk a little bit about thought leadership. So what's your perspective on thought leadership? I mean, what makes someone a great thought leader from your perspective? Well, this is a thought leader is from years and still many people talk about think out of the box. And um, I'm a big believer that you need to go actually a step further than that, because the limitation of out of box is actually it's in context of being outside of the box, whereas my personal view is it should be no box thinking. So there's other companies that do similar stuff to what we what we are doing. But when we started this five years ago, it was no box thinking. And it was, how do we come up with something that hasn't been done before? And I, I like to think back to the moonshots that Google still does, I guess, but they always talked about in the past, which are go big or go home. And commit significant resources to it and knowing that not all of them are going to work out. Um, so that's, that's kind of where, where I would, I would put it. Awesome. Um, so our audience is listening right now. They're like, they want to find out more about your company. They want to, you know, give them the website address where they could go and find out more, or also if they want to reach out, what's the best method of communication. If you want to give out your handles, stuff like that, this would be the best time to do that. Okay, so our, our website is collabogens.com, which is derived from collaborative intelligence. So C-O-L-L-A-B-O-G-E-N-C-E.com. And you can just reach out to me at peter at collabogens.com and be more than happy to set up a call. And I'm a big believer in investing in relationships and exploring things. And everybody's got an interesting story and an interesting question. Couldn't agree with you more. That's awesome. So here we are, sadly, at the end. This has been an amazing conversation. Um, and as we're coming to a close, if you could sign us off with a one-word close and tell us why you're choosing to close with this word, that would be amazing. So my close would be multidimensional. And I've always been fascinated with things that are multifaceted, which are complex. I guess I'm, I'm a sucker for complexity. And how do we actually put a framework in place to do something with it? And that's, I guess it's an intellectual challenge too. And it's certainly also what Collabogen says, but we got to make it easy for our customers. Excellent. Peter, thank you so much. We started off with excited. We signed off with multidimensional. This has been a pleasure just to get to know you a short amount of time. And I'm excited for the audience to find out more about you as well as they're listening. And maybe in sometime in the near future, we'll have you back on here and catch up. Okay. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Tony.